As the war between Gary and Shannon continues, heroes and villains become harder to identify. Gary and Shannon separated at birth, fighting for their place in time to be solidified. The clock ticks faster and faster while time runs the marathon in this Babylon. But see, the end is only the beginning. The beginning of the calm before the storm. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Hey, remember yesterday when we talked about how it looked like the cases of coronavirus had kind of leveled off in China? I knew that was not good. That was a lie. That was a total lie. I'm beginning to think of China like I thought of all the polling leading up to the 2016 election. I'm declaring a public health emergency of international concern. This is a fluid situation. <laughs> get a cough, please leave the room. <laughs> this is a class one emergency. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. I'm going to be sick. Virus detected. This potentially deadly virus was now on the loose. Yep. Woke up this morning, had a bit of a sore throat. Uh, and I was like, oh, it's happening. Who was I listening? Somebody somebody has a cold. Oh, Brian Suits is in, and he has a cold. Um, or is it? No, no, it's a cold. I mean, I think it would present differently if, in fact, it was the coronavirus or pangolin flu or COVID-19. Um, I, uh, but every time I sneeze, sneeze twice in the car on the way here. And I thought, this is it. I'm, I'm now a super, I can't believe a super spreader. continued to come to work after exhibiting I symptoms. I did a quick temperature check. You I won't tell little, you how, but I did a quick temperature check, and I think I'm okay. You look a little clammy. I'm just kidding. That was a lie. You don't look clammy. I know where you're going. I, I, know, what that's, I know what you're saying. I was just trying to see if you would freak out. If I would react negatively. Uh, the, so we're at 15 cases confirmed in the United States. There's a new one down in San Antonio, Texas. There's a second one in San Diego. Um, you guys, the confirmed cases in China jumped from 15,000 to 60,000. Okay, well, it's a clerical problem because they've changed the way that they've changed what they call confirmed now. Now they're going off of if you match the symptoms, we're going to confirm that you have it as opposed to the actual diagnostic chemical in the lab test to confirm that you tested positive. They're just they're just saying, OK, everybody who looks like they've got it has got it. I think that that's the right way to go about this. That should have been done uh, three weeks ago. The death toll in China reached a nearly 1,400, up from about 250 the previous day. So that whole cases have leveled off just means that they did not give us the new total or they stopped counting for a couple hours. Or they were hoping that there would be enough international PR. Oh, okay, the worst must be over then. Everybody go back to China and start buying Chinese stuff again. And then they realized that that wasn't going to work. Um, Japan has reported its uh, its first death from the virus, and the cruise ship that we have been talking about, the uh, Diamond Princess, there in 
Yokohama, Japan, 44 new cases confirmed. And it could get so much worse because there's 3,500 people on board. Now, my understanding was that they were taking people off of the ship, but I'm not sure if that's even if that was correct. Um, What they have said is that those people who are not testing positive on the Diamond Princess but may be at higher risk because of some other health issues that they have, uh, compromised immune system, uh, old age, which is everyone on the cruise ship, uh, young babies, something like that, that they would be able to leave the ship and quarantine somewhere on land. They've only tested about 700 of those people. So that's a very small percentage of the people that have been tested. Yeah, 3,500 total. There are a number of people on board that ship that have been doing interviews and posting on social media reports of fear, rampant, soul-crushing boredom, (laughs) boring food, cramped rooms. Could you imagine being in an inside cabin with just that small porthole or no porthole at all? That's solitary confinement. It is. It is. And the per- whoever you're with, if you're with a, a loved one or a couple of You're not going to be a loved one after this is over. You- I mean, could you imagine being holed up with your wife and your kids inside a indoor inside cabin? We'd have to, you would have to have entire 24-hour periods where you didn't say a word to each totally. other. Totally. Just to be safe. Totally. Like, and no eye contact. You pretend the other person's not in the room. And then you can have a day of communication and then a day off and then a day of communication. I heard Centers for Disease Control is suggesting, listen, hey, just run through the mental exercise in your brain. What if this becomes an issue in your area, your town, your workplace, your neighborhood? How would you prepare for it? Like, what if tomorrow the news hits that there's 412 confirmed cases in L.A. County mm-hmm. and they are suggesting that we do voluntary quarantine mm-hmm. conditions? Yes. What would you do? I would make sure I had a lot of chargers for all my devices. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, we'd still do the show. Sure. Do Are we? Would we? Or are we making a pact? Would we that live we, here? Are we making a pact that we would test? Like, I have to prove that I do not have it. I think that would be good. It's probably better. Yeah. And then, then we could be okay in this room, mm-hmm. and anybody out there would have to, like, pass papers underneath the door if they wanted to bring stuff in here. Or, or just email it, because, you know, we are a paperless office. This is 1997, after all. Yeah. Um. But what would you do? I mean, if you're at home and they say you can't, you probably shouldn't go to work. I mean, that would be that we could call in or whatever. We could figure that part of it out. But if you uh, if you had to stay in your house for two weeks, I think the house would be really clean. Like I would, you know, uh, gosh, that's such a different attitude than I would take. It, well, because you you can't just sit for that long. Like I'd be super restless, I think. You know, so. Why not do the stuff that you've been putting off? Like, organize that closet. What are you going to do with those shoes? Somewhere Marie Kondo is very happy with your attitude. Well, I'm just trying to think of things to do inside the house. And I don't do home improvement stuff. I mean, that's what you would probably do. You would, like, make some shelves or something. Right. You'd be like uh, Will Ferrell and Elf. (laughs) Making toys. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, all right, we'll uh, continue talking about this because we'll talk about why it is that the numbers went up. I mean, they have changed their their reporting uh, criteria, so we'll talk about that. And what is it that we are doing, we the United States? There was a report that the military is getting ready for this. I mean, militaries technically already run through these scenarios many times, but in the event that we see uh, National Guard taking over our streets, we should be ready, right? A little bit of fear, never hurt anybody. Never hurt anybody. This is funny. Nick just sent this uh, this screenshot from KTLA that was covering the Astros press conference. If you didn't see this Astros press conference today, it was such a, a, a crap the bed moment. It did not help. It was so it badly done. I don't know who runs the PR there, but that guy or girl should be fired. <laughs> um, but anyway, KTLA was covering this, and uh, it's a screenshot of Jose Altuve, and it's got his name on the crawl, and then it says Astros Cheater. <laughs> so good. All right, Gary and Shannon. Because when you do that thing right there, flipping your ear, baby, I see. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, an update on a story that happened just before we took the air. Los Alamitos High School had been uh, on lockdown. There was a backpack, unclaimed backpack that was left in, I guess, a counseling office that caused some concern. Uh, According to the Los Alamitos Police Department, the suspicious package was cleared by the uh, Orange County uh, bomb squad, I believe it is. No, somebody's bomb squad. Anyway, it says continue. Uh, You can follow their Twitter Twitter account for more information. But again, the bomb squad clears what was a suspicious package at Los Alamitos High School. Hey, we've got your chance at $1,000. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword "cash" C A S H to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's cash to two hundred two hundred. And what? remember, remember what? Well, you got to answer the phone. Oh yes! If you don't, that money's going to move on without you in your life. All right. 513 area code. Looks like that's where the number will be coming from. Your next chance to win $1,000 next hour right here on KFI every hour, 5 a.m. to 620 Monday through Friday. We've been telling you, of course, about uh, coronavirus is COVID-19. The the latest about the cruise ship that's been out there, not not the Diamond Princess. That's the one that's docked at um, Yokohama. There was another one, the MS Westerdam has finally been allowed to dock in Cambodia after Thailand said no on Wednesday. Japan, Taiwan, and the Philippines all said no. Uh, these countries were concerned that it would that the passengers on board would expose them to the new virus from China. So the Westerdam has finally put in in Cambodia. A passenger named Lydia Miller runs a small farm and an inn in Washington State wrote on Twitter, Thank you, Cambodia. You believed in us when no one else would. We promised to spend lots of money in your country and use the hashtag Westerdam. Now, they they still have to go through all of the health checks. Um, They will go through all the immigration procedures as well, but it's likely that they will go to the Sihanoukville Airport in Cambodia, fly to Phnom Penh, and then catch flights home from there. 20 passengers have reported stomach aches or fever. Uh, oh. Now, the health staff on board considers these to be normal illnesses, but 
they are isolating the ill passengers from the others. Well, 20 people, if it's about 20, there are almost 1,500 passengers, 800 crew members. So you're looking at 22, 2,300 people, 20 passengers with some minor illness. That's probably expected. That's just a normal course of who's going to have an upset tum-tum at any point in the day. Mm. Um, but the the interesting thing about what's going on in China, and I think this is the important part about all of this, is they have changed their story so many times about what's been going on. Now, like we said, the numbers change. The death toll is up to 1,367 in China. That's a 250-person or body leap in one day. And the number of confirmed cases went from over 15,000 to almost 60,000. According to the way that they're doing this now, there are 13,000 cases of clinical diagnosis in Hubei. They're saying that that is just a doctor's analysis combined with lung imaging, as opposed to waiting for the laboratory test results to come up with the actual confirmed, confirmed, the confirmed case number. The other thing is, they said that they, the the reason they changed the definition is because this thing is moving so fast. Yeah. You can't wait for confirmation. So you have to go on what doctors can assess when they see a patient. You just can't, The lab can't keep up with the number of people. They're trying to make sure that they can get these patients, especially those that are showing signs of pneumonia, trying to get them into treatment as soon as possible, they said, to reduce the severe illness and the mortality. But there have been a have been, has been a huge crush of patients trying to get in because now everyone's afraid. Like we were talking about the goofy little, oh, I have a tickle in my throat. I sneeze in the car. These people are dealing with life and death situations where they know that if they don't get treatment, there is a chance, granted the percentages are still relatively small, there's a chance that they're dead, that this is a death sentence for them. The former mayor of Shanghai has been gone, has been shall we say, ousted. The ruling Communist Party chief has been uh, uh, has replaced them. And then while Wang Zhonglin took over from, uh, it doesn't matter, I can't na- say those names, there are politicians now that are being Epsteined to get out of the way to try to prevent this from getting any worse. The... Um, the Philippines, I think, is one of the places where they've seen a death. Japan has reported its first death as well. And the odd part about some of the hot spots here being cruise ships is just it, it adds to the weird zombie story nature of, of these, this story of, of COVID-19. COVID-19. Can't wait to see that movie. There are a second case of this has been confirmed in the United States among the evacuees from China. This is one of the people that arrived in Miramar last week. So that patient is in isolation at a hospital in San Diego. Uh, Also in isolation, a woman who was mistakenly released because of a mislabeled sample that had not been tested. Everything's going to be fine, guys. Everything Everything is going to be fine. Let's not panic. Let's take take heart in the fact that spring training is about to begin. It's a a, a rebirth, perhaps, a, a yearly... Rising Phoenix, rising from the ashes. Coming up next. It's hard to convince myself. The president and Michael Bloomberg go after each other on Twitter. These tweets are so juvenile, and I—they're so funny. I'm telling you, just for entertainment purposes, I kind of like Bloomberg's uh, 
vaulting in the uh, in the polls recently. Well, yeah. And well, we'll talk more about what he's doing that I think is going to make a huge difference for him Gary, on social media. Gary Channel will continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll talk coronavirus later in the show again. But again, a 15th confirmed case in the United States. A new one in San Diego, one in Texas as well. It takes us to 15. Uh, Vietnam has also placed 10,000 people under quarantine after six cases were discovered there in a cluster of villages. That's the first quarantine of an entire area outside of China in response to all of this. Well, we on social media have seen these influencers making a lot of money. These are accounts that contain many followers and they can pimp different things, different products, different services, and then they get paid to do so. Well, it looks like the race for 2020 has made its way into the influencer orbit because Michael Bloomberg is spending a bunch of campaign money to have popular meme accounts pimp him. <laughs> like the memes that you're scrolling through instead of doing your job uh, every day, you're going to start seeing a lot of Michael Bloomberg content. These are Instagram accounts that are popular with young people, if, if, as you can imagine. Proof that the Internet is both a wonderful place and a horrible place at the exact same time. Right. How how the two can exist. 100% horrible, 100% terrible at the same time. Michael Bloomberg effectively is paying social media influencers to make him seem cool. Using things like kale salad, tank Sinatra, white people humor. If you're into the memes, you know what these accounts do. And they flood your feed with funny, pithy Things that you can share with your friends. And now you're going to see a bunch of Michael Bloomberg stuff. Uh, speaking of Michael Bloomberg, the president went after him this morning. Tweet, tweet, tweet. What do you think he just tweeted? Sit back, relax, and enjoy my tweets. Uh, the president retweeted a picture this morning that was himself, President Trump, cutting some red tape. And it, I guess it was at an event sort of reducing the amount of paperwork that's necessary. It's not really described well. And in the front of that picture is a tiny person with Michael Bloomberg's head photoshopped onto it because he's, get it, short. The president wrote, mini Mike Bloomberg is a loser who has money but can't debate and has zero presence, you will see. He reminds me of a tiny version of Jeb, low-energy Bush. But Jeb has more political skill and has treated the black community much better than mini calls him. Now, that was at about 5.13 hour time this morning that that came out. So Bloomberg responds. Ten minutes later, hold on, he doesn't respond. Ten minutes later, the president says, Mini Mike is a five-foot-four mass of dead energy who does not want to be on the debate stage with these presidential politicians, professional politicians. No boxes, please. He hates crazy Bernie and will, with enough money, possibly stop him. Bernie's people will go nuts. So then Bloomberg responds. And he says, we know some 
We know many of the same people in New York. Behind your back, they laugh at you and call you a carnival barking clown. They know you inherited a fortune and squandered it with stupid deals and incompetence. I have the record and the resources to defeat you, and I will. Uh, and then That's going to be a hell of a fight. I can't wait. And then he, he tweeted this as well, a little gif of Russell Crowe from Gladiator. Saying to the king at the emperor at the time, whatever, he says, the time for honoring yourself will soon be at an end. Very well played. Uh, so we've got two guys from the Upper West Side going after each other. Two billionaires. I mean, what will that campaign be like? Uh, the ca- the campaign they fight against each other. Well, you know, it's funny is the president actually points out in that second tweet. Um, he hates crazy, crazy Bernie and will with enough money possibly stop him. Bernie's people will go nuts. What better way to turn those people against each other than to continue to point out that Michael Bloomberg is the billionaire that Bernie Sanders is continuing to fight against, right? Yeah. He's, he's Bernie Sanders has effectively, for the last five, six years, whatever, made billionaires with a B the boogeyman and said they're what's wrong with this country. If If it comes down to Michael Bloomberg and Bernie Sanders going after each other, that's all – that takes all of the energy and fight away from whoever emerges from that fight to go up against Donald Trump. I, I'm listen. I think I don't know if he thought that out and said I'm going to pit these two against each other, but that was kind of a brilliant move to to suggest that they go after each other first. Yeah, and continue to stoke the fires of hey, don't forget you may hate me because I'm a billionaire. That guy's got more money than I do. That Michael Bloomberg character, you know, he may be five foot four, which he's not. He's taller than that. But he, he's uh, he's still the billionaire person that you hate and is your boogeyman. I think people need to pump the brakes on this whole Bernie Sanders mania. And when I say people, I mean the media. What do you mean? Well, it's, he's just blown up for Iowa and New Hampshire. And that's really not indicative. He was in the same place four years ago. Right. I mean, just that, that he was successful up to this point. I think that the... the the Democratic Party is terrified of what Bernie Sanders would be for their nomination, uh, what would be for their party if he gets the nomination. He's he's not it's not possible for him to beat President Trump no. in November. No. I, and I don't care how many people. And I you mean, have today, for and, the first time, I'm thinking that Michael Bloomberg could be the guy. Well, I mean, his polls have been fantastic. He has shot up into a few places, into third, into a few polls, sorry, into third place. Um, California, I think, is one of them. Part of it is because he's spending so, so much, much money. flipping money. Him and Tom Steyer. But Tom Steyer has the personality of a cereal box. Well, and he's not blinking. He said that even if he fails to get the nomination, he'll continue to spend a boatload of money to defeat Trump. Right. No matter who the nominee is. And listen, how how empowering would that be for the president if despite all that money, if it's Bernie Sanders, for example, and Michael Bloomberg is spending another 300 400 million dollars to help push Bernie Sanders and he still can't beat Donald Trump. What does that say though about where we're at in the country and how does that look to people that we've got two billionaires fighting out for the presidency? Just, and that money's and that money does. I mean, we've known that money wins elections for a long time, but this is just like blatantly obvious that yeah. money is winning an election. I don't know. It just shows that they are completely out of touch with what we do on a daily basis. I mean, we, in terms of how we live. 
on a daily basis? Well, I think that somebody in PR that works in Houston is going to not have a job by the end of the day. <laughs> Based off this press conference this morning. The team got together, had a meeting last night, the Astros, uh, to say that they were going to come out and apologize basically for cheating. But that apology was not an apology. And the owner looked like such a dumbass. He's going to get his team members hurt. Uh, Hurt. They've already already made that bed. Uh, It just, it's, Nick asked if they're going to be any good this year. And I said, well, they're going to have a lot of base runners. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Man, when did Sharon get so demanding? Sounding like Nick. What are you talking about? Yeah, you sound all nice when you jump on the air. No. You're not. Wow. You guys should hear the way Nick talks to us. It's really terrible. It's borderline. Do the show. I'm sorry. That, that was a bit. Now, now it's become <laughs> this weird abusive codependent thing that makes me very uncomfortable. We know where that bruise came from. Uh, oh, okay. Top of the hour. Uh, hey, guess what? Bullet train cost just went up another billion dollars. Why? Why, why are we still measuring the I money like that trains. it's going to cost? I like high speed trains even better. Even better. How are, why are we still calculating the money it's going to cost for a project that's never going to happen? Because... We need to count the money that's being thrown into the giant gaping hole in the ground. I guess that's why. I don't know. We'll talk more about that at the top of the hour. Uh, Also, we have uh, Terror in the Skies coming up a little bit later and a Terror in the Backseat episode. We haven't done one of those in a while, if, you know, ever. We should have gotten uh, Tim Cates on to talk about this story because I think nobody was more upset on social media than Tim Cates was. Watching about, this uh, this press conference. Well, so this was a show of remorse, they wanted to call it. Uh, and I don't know if the public relations department for the Houston Astros came up with that. But they trotted out a couple of, you know, team officials and some high-profile players to apologize for, for their sign-stealing scandal, for cheating, basically. Um, Alex Bregman was one of, the, uh, one of the guys who came to the podium today. I'm really sorry about the choices that were made by my team, by the organization, and by me. I've learned from this, and I hope to regain the trust of baseball fans. And to the every pitcher in the American League and the National League when we play the, in the interleague games, please do not hit me in the moneymaker. This was a scheme, of course, that involved cameras, an illegal monitor banging on that trash can to signal to hitters what pitch was coming. And again, I don't know how good a World Series victory feels when you know that you cheated to get there. The owner, Jim Crane, was talking out of both sides of his mouth this morning, saying within seconds, uh, this did impact. We do not feel this impacted the game. And then saying, I didn't say I didn't think it impacted the game. Here's this. You know, our opinion is, is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, We had a good team. Um, We won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Okay, hold on a second. Here's one. This didn't impact the game. And then here's the other. I I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Morons. 
Just well, morons. It started off with one of the PR hacks at the podium, and the podium was placed in front of a row of rose bushes. And instead of walking around the rose bushes, he tries to go in between the rose bushes. <laughs> Why does this go off to the side? I mean, it was a complete crapping of the entire <laughs> bed this morning for the Houston Astros. And I don't know who gave Jim Crane that talking point, but you you can't look you can't look dumber than that. Right. Well, but uh, the other thing is, what are they going to say? Like, what would have been a good press conference for the Houston Astros to do? To come out and say, we apologize, we broke the rules, and we hope that you can forgive us. We're going to keep everything aboard, uh, above board moving forward. I mean, what would have been a yes. well-done press conference? Yes, they should have said something along the lines of, whatever final punishment Major League Baseball presents us with, we will accept because we have erred. We 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 did something we should never have done. We broke the rules. Because Major League Baseball still has the option, I would think, of vacating their championships. Yeah. And I think that's the way you have to. If you're not going to suspend these players, if you're not going to, because they're the ones who were doing this. Yes, the uh, the former manager now, former manager, A.J. Hinch, and the general manager, Jeff Lunau, Yes, they were in on this, or at least they had knowledge of it and allowed it to continue. But the players themselves are the ones who perpetrated this thing. They need to have some sort of a punishment. And if you don't if you don't suspend them, you have to take away their World Series title. You have to do that. Otherwise, they get away with it. There's no way for for baseball itself to to police this. I mean, these guys are going to get a couple of balls uh, right off the bill of their helmet. Because people are pissed off that this happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've got to vacate that that World Series. But again, it's like this is going to follow these guys their entire careers and post-career. They'll always be known as the guys who cheated to win. Now, And didn't they know that? I mean, didn't they think about that? Well, like yesterday we were talking about, this may not have been known for us, the fan. Like this was not a common outside the the dugout knowledge, yeah. but the Dodgers even told the Washington nationals this year, Hey, right. watch out. Watch These out guys this. are, you guys are going to have to mix up your signs even more than you think, because when you play them in Houston, they're watching everything you do. And probably you're going to be able to steal your signs. You know, it's like, you think about like a Sammy Sosa, right? Who was a great hitter before the whole cork in the bat thing, but now his name will always go with cork in the bat. Right. And it just sucks when these guys are going to have great careers or they're already putting together nice careers and they'll be known as the guys who cheated to win the World Series and they stole signs. I would be, if I was Dusty Baker, the new manager, at least for one year for the Astros, I don't know if I would have sat up on that stage. That's the thing. I hated Dusty Baker being roped into this thing. You know, he was brought in to clean up their uh, their image because he's so widely respected throughout baseball. But to have him up there, sitting there and taking it, yeah. Here was uh, Jose Altuve in his statement about uh, accepting blame. We had a great uh, team meeting last night, and I want to say that the whole Astros organization and the team uh, feel bad about what happened in in 2017. <clears throat> we especially feel remorse for the impact in our fans and the game of baseball, and our team is determined to, to move forward, to play with intensity, and to bring back a championship to Houston in, in 2020. Here's the other thing I've never understood about this, and I, I don't think they addressed this today very well. <clears throat> if you've got 
25, 26 guys on the roster. You've got a dozen coaches. Uh, you've got trainers. You've got uh, replay guys, uh, video room guys. Did everybody there know it? Did everybody there know what was going on? And if the, if anybody came forward and said, I don't want to have any part of this, you guys should knock this off. You're going to, when they find out we're losing everything, who were those people? That's what I want to know. If there was anyone, if there was anyone who came forward and said that to these people. All right. Coming up next, we will go into unicorn land to talk about all the money we're going to waste on our bullet train here in California. On Gary and Shannon. Jody wrote to us on Facebook, like Gary and Shannon, says, if I'm a fullback and I see a run coming, I scream out to the rest of the line, it's a run, it's a run, shift, shift. I'm just saying. It's totally different. Well, because you're not using a camera to find out if that's a run. You're, yeah. if, you're, if you're not doing anything surreptitious, it's one thing. It's a, the way to play the games. The equivalent for football would be you tap into the radio that goes from the coach or the offensive coordinator to the quarterback. Right. And you know what they're calling. You steal the playbook. Right. And you know that that's a end around to the left or whatever. That That's the equivalent. It's not just because sign stealing in baseball is it's legal. Done. Right. Uh, you know, they, it's frowned upon. It's one of those unspoken rules that it's uh, sort of the gentlemanly thing not to do. But it is totally legal. It's when you start using cameras... And uh, video equipment that it becomes cheating, and that's why uh, that's why they've been punished for it. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on that iHeart Radio app. Looks like they're talking about the economic toll now of this viral outbreak in China, and how it is continuing to get worse for corporations based in and outside of China because factories are shuttered. Right. Alibaba is the first major Chinese company to report quarterly earnings since the coronavirus craze began, said that the outbreak is having a significant impact on China's economy. Our companies as well reporting on the effect. Ralph Lauren anticipates a $55 million to $70 million hit already because two-thirds of its stores in China are closed. I'm amazed that after that, you know, there was one day where we lost about 600 points on the Dow. Um, we haven't seen a significant drop like that, even though this fear has been sort of ricocheting around the world. We haven't seen it impacted or at least directly reflected on our markets. Uh, according to a new business plan that's been released, it looks like the estimated cost to complete our high-speed rail line, which will never be completed, went up another $1.3 billion. Construction, this is laughable, is on schedule to meet a 2022 deadline to have about 20% of the track laid. The high-speed rail authority's latest business plan comes because of pressure from state lawmakers. Some of them said they want to peel off more of the money to help commuters and people who actually work. 168-page report attempts to counter those critics by emphasizing $3 billion already going to so-called bookend projects in L.A. and San Francisco, 
which these high-speed rail lines will never, ever, 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 ever touch. The link between the Silicon Valley and Central Valley has been pushed back by 18 months. No. They say that that phase is going to open in late 2031. (laughs) This is all just so make-believe. It's one of those things that it's... I don't know anyone who... A, works on the bullet train. I don't know anybody who has a job that is anything directly related to construction of, planning for, dealing with the bullet train. And I know there are people out there. I've driven up Highway 99. You can see it off to the side. There's literally hundreds and hundreds of pieces of heavy equipment out there putting together what looks like at this point just an elevated roadway. This is the segment that they're all excited about, the Silicon Valley to Central Valley segment. And I'm saying, who the hell is going between those two? I mean, when you look at the Central Valley, that's like Corning, Willows, Chico. Like, that's the Central Valley area. Um, who is going? Those are two completely different people. The the segment of the population that's in Silicon Valley and works there, and the segment of the population in, in Central Valley. Those are that's night and day. Mm. That's ag people and that's tech people, and they don't commingle and they don't have any business in those places. I would that say are opposite where they're at. It's I, a it's a different world. The people who put together the Houston Astros press conference today also put together this report because they say the plan calls for expanding to 171 miles to connect Merced, Fresno, and Bakersfield, three of the fastest-growing areas in California, which, uh, listen, by population, that may be true. But who in Fresno or Merced is itching to get to the Silicon Valley? If you're working in Silicon Valley, I bet your ass that you're not living in Fresno. Okay, because that's a different community. There's there's farming, there's ag communities, and then there's tech in California. It's a, it's a completely different world in Northern California than it is in the Bay Area. And listen, if you voted for this thing, when was that? Two thousand and ten? Nine? I don't remember when even the when Proposition One came on the ballot. But listen, if you voted for it, okay, fine. You had pie in the sky dreams. You let the you let the governor at the time convince you that this thing was going to happen, that it was necessary. That's fine. I get it. But who in their right mind now believes that this is a valuable and number two worth that money that we're pouring into this? I mean, listen to this. It was supposed to go from Sacram. I'm sorry, from San Francisco to L.A. and then be the base upon which it would then spread to. San Diego, over to Sacramento, possibly up to Seattle. Those are wonderful but fantasy dreams. Right now they're saying if you make it to Merced, if if you make it to Merced, all apologies, passengers could connect to existing rail services to the San Francisco Bay Area. But if you're headed to L.A., you're going to have to jump off what was a four-minute high-speed rail line and get onto a bus. Welcome to the 1920s. It's it's absolutely ridiculous, and the people who are still on this should be absolutely uh, should be absolutely embarrassed by this. Even Anthony Rendon, right, hasn't even shown up to spring training yet. Anthony Rendon says in a statement they're disappointed in this new plan. They'll insist that discussions include the proposed alternatives 
that provide early service investments in other high-speed rail corridors while also continuing to work in the Central Valley. That, I mean, sorry, that's Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon. It's a different Anthony Rendon. It's a different guy. Nick said he was looking for unicorn music to play under high-speed rail talk, mm-hmm. um, but found a secret video from Guantanamo. does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I'm worried about him. All right. Let's go check in with the Bay Area and their new district attorney. Uh, He wants to reimburse people up there for shattered windows that are caused by all the people that they like to let out of jail. Oh, well, hey, at least he is paying attention to the victims of crime. I guess that's a start. After they're victimized. Well, true. Gary and Shannon will continue. We have a chance at $1,000 coming up. Oh, my, my, my. Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey Blake, will you give me my computer for a bit? Told you about Nick trying to find some unicorn music to play under our high speed rail talk, and this is why he said he found something from Guantanamo because this is what he found. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Stop. It goes on for 24 hours. Stop it. All right, I did it. I did it. Whatever you say I did, I did. Did you have sexual relations? Whatever. Maybe yes. I don't. Yes. Yes. Here's a thousand bucks to give away. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword change c-h-a-n-g-e to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rate supply in this nationwide contest that's change to 200 200 i did twice if you win that thousand dollars they'll let you know by phone you got to answer from the 513 area code though if you do not answer that call they'll move on to somebody who will do not worry though we are still doing this we are giving away a thousand dollars an hour from 5.20 in the morning through 6.20 at night, right about 20 minutes past the hour, right here on KFI. No, Ryan, no. No! And listen, I don't know if this would be effective, but I just I just imagine if it goes on for 24 hours, yeah. it starts out super, super low. I mean, to the point where you can't hear it. Right. Uh And then as they're continuing to ask you questions and interrogate you, it just very, very almost imperceptibly slowly rises in volume to at the beginning. You think, am I do I hear a song about exactly? Yes. Yes. And then as you're going along, you can't shake the sound that's out of your head. And the guys that are in the room with you, they pretend like they don't hear anything. 24 hours later, it is so loud that it's causing your cochlea to bleed. (laughs) The most bothersome thing is that there's no, there's no key change. There's no bridge. Like it just is that one line that keeps repeating over and over again. 
horns dancing on rainbows. Oh my gosh, I can totally see where this would be effective. I did it too. Dancing on rainbows. All right, sorry, we're done with that. We're done with that for at least Never thought I'd miss Baby Shark. Um, Chesa Boudin is the new district attorney in San Francisco, Pink taking over unicorn. for George Gascon. For real. He, in all of his goodness and, and his full full heartedness, is looking for a million and a half dollars from the mayor's office to pay for an auto burglary assistance fund that would reimburse residents for the cost of their shattered windows. There have been a lot of vehicle break-ins. There were 25,600 just last year. But that's better than it was in 2017. 2017, they saw an all-time high. 31,000 car and truck break-ins that were reported. You can't be a city like San Francisco and be soft on crime and say... Feelings, feelings, feelings. Let's rehab people. Let's let people out. Let's not turn over people to ICE when we know they've broken the law and we could get them out of the country. And then turn around and take money to fix the damage that you caused. And that's exactly what this is. I mean, who do you think is breaking into the cars? Why do you think there was a, there's been a spike in that ever since Prop 4757 AB109 were put into action? And who do you think supported all of those measures to let people out of the prisons? It was all the liberals in San Francisco. Why is there no acknowledgement of that? Did you hear did you hear any of George Gascon's news conference from yesterday? I can't listen to when, him. I go crazy. And Carlo was on with John and Ken and played portions of it. It's this weird thing where he describes it as uh you know the, the current epidemic of crime that we're seeing even if they are these low level crimes like this that are uh, to the individuals that suffer them uh, at the beginning, probably a nuisance, and at the end, damaging and potentially threatening their businesses and their safety. He described it as just, oh, law enforcement hasn't caught up with the effects of Prop 47 yet. You, what? You can't. That You don't catch up with something like that. It's this. You know how you catch up is when people commit crime, you have them serve their sentence. Um. The same uh, the same request was made by George Gascon, who, again, George Gascon running for district attorney in the county of Los Angeles, was the D.A. in San Francisco, saw the writing on the wall, which was, I live in a complete S-hole. Maybe I need to move somewhere else. Let me go create see if another I can, S-hole. Yeah, see if I can screw up an even larger city like this. S-hole south. Um, Chesa Boudin ran for district attorney on a platform that he said expanded victims' rights and restorative justice. You can't do both of those things because when you say restorative justice, that's a catchphrase for let everybody out. That's a catchphrase for we want to rehab people and deter, defer them, defer sentences because of feelings. So you can't be an advocate for victims' rights and restorative justice in the same sentence. That doesn't make any sense. They don't go hand in hand. And while I think that the DA's office, any district attorney's office, wherever they are in the state of California, victims' rights are tantamount. They're an absolute necessity. But your job as the district attorney and as a law enforcement agency is to reduce the need for your victims' rights department. Right. You your job 
is to keep some amount of law and order in the streets and the neighborhoods where you serve so that you don't have to have expansion of victims' rights. Chesa Boudin says that reimbursing city residents for their busted windows is a first step in a larger plan. He said, we would love to make it a program for everybody if the city is willing to fund it. For everybody. No, you wouldn't have to put a plan in place if your ideas about restorative justice were broken down to, to reality. You can't be soft on crime and then say, oh, we need extra money to fix all the crime that's been going on. You sound like a dumbass. That's like saying like a child. It's like saying I'm going to spend more money on my mops because the kids keep dragging mud into the house. How about you tell your dumb ass kids to leave their shoes out on the back porch when they're out playing in the yard? <laughs> How about that? And if they come in, you get one. Right. You, hey, let's swat except, them on their little cute little peach cheeks right there. It's not mud on your kitchen linoleum. No. It's defecation on the city streets. And you're not punishing anyone for crapping on the streets. So what are you going to get? More crap on your streets. More mud on the linoleum. Stupid kids. Puffy, what is it? Puff, pink unicorns. Oh, yeah, we is need it? some of that. We need some of that. Fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. All right, okay, all right, that's enough. Isn't this indicative of San Francisco? Yes. Like, this is the new San Francisco song. In fact, whenever we do another story about San Francisco, this is what we're going to play to open it up. All right. This will be the lead-in for the San Francisco desk. Um, This is probably what plays down the jetway when you get off an airplane at SFO. (laughs) Yes. When you're sidestepping all the crap on the streets on your way to the Palace of Fine Arts, this is what you're singing. As you're kind of hopscotching around the piles. When we come back, a very weird case that I do not want to talk about. A former professor at Kansas University. Oh, yeah. Using. It's a sex research story. I, I don't know. I don't. We'll, t- we'll tackle it when I we come back. I can't even say it right now. And this is how it goes. Our way, our way. To be the one. To get you when you fall. Always, always. I'll be the one. To answer when you call. Well, you know I get so lonely. But with you, I never feel alone. I guess that's how it is, man. When you love someone, you love someone. You know I'm out here working. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Our numbers when it comes to coronavirus, COVID-19, doesn't get any better. 1,367 people have been killed by it. It's infected nearly 60,000 people around the world. China had a huge jump in the numbers of people that they say are infected because now they're not waiting for diagnostic testing. They're just doing a 
clinical diagnosis. Because the labs can't keep up with those kind of numbers. Uh, Dr. William Schaffner is an infectious disease expert at Vanderbilt. He says what we need is some consistency over time to give us an idea of what's actually happening. Is transmission happening or is it not? Mm. Like scientists haven't even figured out how this thing is spreading, why it's spreading, and the manner in which it spreads. Uh, Drought has returned to California. The drought monitor's report came out yesterday. Central and southern Sierra Nevada and some areas of the Central Valley are listed as being in moderate drought. As of right now, L.A. and Ventura counties are just considered abnormally dry, but they're not using the D word. And did you see Jeff Bezos bought a new house? Yeah, 156 million. 165. I'll, oh. I'll see you and I raise you. 165, the uh, the Warner estate in Beverly Hills. It's about a 13,600 square foot mansion. Did, oh, that, and a that, tennis court. Is that when you just hate your family? And you, it's you a need golf to, like, course. Be a town away from them while still <laughs> residing in the same house. And it's two guest houses, three hot houses, several gardens and terraces. A hot house is that for plants? Well, it depends on. Or, or is that like sexy time house? That's maybe that's Lauren Sanchez's house. I don't know. Hot house. Jerry Ray is a guy that uh, you probably do not want at your next cocktail party. He was a researcher at the University of Kansas for 16 years. Rock Chalk something KU. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Yeah. Um, While he was there, he was an assistant research professor working in uh, the Lifespan Institute at, uh, at University of Kentucky. And his specific research was related to deviant sexual behavior and arousal. Now, I suppose it's a valid uh it's, it's a valid study area, right? I mean, I don't know. Someone's I mean, be. what kind of I guess for for psychiatrists or uh the medical field that this is something that should be researched so you can help people navigate through those types of disorders or sure. are they disorders and all of that. But to make it your full-time research thing? That's got to be a dark dark place. His position was funded through grants and contracts. How would you like your grant money to go towards sexual deviant behavior and arousal? Uh, well, anyway, that's neither here nor there. The problem with uh Jerry Ray is he was using more than 200 severely disabled patients at a state-run home in Iowa as the subjects. Yeah, the weird timeline here is after he left the university, he was still doing, uh, he was working as an affiliate, the way that they describe it, which means that he was associated with or providing some specific research services to the school Without any compensation. He was doing it totally on his own dime voluntarily because he had a weird penchant, apparently, for these deviant sexual behavior and arousal studies. One of the things that he tried to do is after he left the school and was an acting superintendent at this Glenwood Resource Center with all of these uh, severely disabled people, he had proposed to the university doing a sexual arousal experiment to using male college students. Oh, boy, that seems like a tough one. Now, the co- even the college was like, seriously, you want to test arousal in young adolescent men? No, 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 we're not spending money on this. He said, well, you know what? I'll do it on my own. According to this lawsuit that was filed this week in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Iowa, 
he was using the people in this home, this this care facility, people with intellectual disabilities, some of whom are non-ambulatory, some of whom are non-communicative. How many people had to look the other way for this to go on? It's funny you should ask. In addition to Jerry, who was, again, the acting director, acting superintendent of this place, the Glenwood Resource Center itself, the Iowa Department of Human Services, Jerry Foxhaven, the former director of the state's Department of Human Services, Richard Schultz, the former DHS director of the Division of Mental Health and Disability, and Muhammad Raymond, the medical director there at Glenwood Resource Center. Yeah. All of them. Good Lord. According to this lawsuit, he received a patent in 1998 from the U.S. Patent uh, Patent Office, excuse me, for a device used to detect and monitor sexual arousal of an individual while the person is exposed to real-life sexual stimuli. I think I know what that is. The lawsuit claims that this guy used taxpayer money to purchase tools for his sex-related research, including silk sheets, boxer shorts, sexual lubricants, and pornographic images. Gross! Now, uh, hold on a second. Whoa, Nancy, back down. Why, again, this is a valid field of study. I mean, there are psychologists and psychiatrists and therapists and doctors. I mean, there are plenty of people. Masters and Johnson. Who are doing this, right? But that's not all they do, is it? Is this guy just coming up with new ways to study male college student sexual arousal? Because, listen. That study should not be done. That is uh, that is straight from the water is wet file of we don't need to study it. Um, young men are aroused pretty easily. I mean, show a, a college-aged male a picture of, you know, Elizabeth Warren, and you might get something. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're not in charge of these studies because that's not. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to get in trouble for that. Uh, I take it back. Nick or Blake, dump that. Yeah, the whole dump thing. Dump that whole thing. Doesn't work like that. Oh, and are we out of the. While you're at it, look up plethysmograph. How many seconds do I have after I say something dumb? Don't give her an answer. <laughs> Less than you want it to be. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, oh, well. coming up next. Terror in the skies. Thank God. Thank God. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The uh Sad story out of South Carolina. Body of a missing six-year-old girl has been found. Faye Swetlick. Uh, they said that they found her in her neighborhood. Along with the body of another man in the same na- neighborhood. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we don't know if they're connected. They're connected. They're connected. It sucks. Uh, six-year-old Faye Swetlick, I guess she was last seen getting off of a bus. Uh, but again, they have found a body. Um Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos moving back to California, or I guess moving again in, anyway. 
$165 million price tag on the Warner estate in Beverly Hills that he picked up. Oh, and that story about the apartment complex fire in Tustin yesterday. They've arrested a guy who lives there. Yep. I had a feeling somebody was going to end up behind bars for that fire. Seems suspicious. Very suspicious. Roof collapsing within 24 minutes. Very un- unlike a-, a building of that size to have that kind of result in a fire like that. Um, have you heard about this new fad diet that's making the rounds on Instagram? It's called the dry oh. fasting diet. Yeah. And it could kill you. What is <laughs> It's... Requires consuming no water or liquids of any kind for many hours or even days at a time. Hey, listen, if you do it, I. It says it could. Darwin is smiling. Reset your kidneys, boost their filtration. That you'll look more toned because your body is using up the water in your cells for energy. It says that (laughs) it forces your body to burn toxins or fat or tumors. It does not. Nice. No, it does not. Water is really good for you. Oh, I'm sorry. What are you, a doctor now? Yes. It doesn't cure cancer? Water? No, I mean the dry fast. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I thought it was like dry shampoo where it's, you're just hiding no, dry the fact that you haven't taken it. Wonderful. Don't so, look at me like that. Well, I'm curious. When I last washed my hair? When you last bathed. What do you mean? Well, I mean, if you're dry shampooing to avoid the whole, like, no, that's no, the no, first no, no. telltale no, no. sign that no, you... No, you're not dry shampooing to avoid bathing. You're dry shampooing to avoid going through the whole rigmarole that is doing your hair in the morning. It takes a lot of time blow drying, using some sort of heating device. What does this dry shampoo do then? That way you don't have to style your hair. It, it, it continues the style from the one you did yesterday. See what I, I mean? Didn't know that. It saves about a half an hour. I thought it was just to prevent it from looking matted and well, there's that and too. Dog, but it's also bad to shampoo your hair every day because it strips away all the oils and everything. So I should go on a dry fast of shampooing. Is what you're saying? You could work in a little dry shampoo. But see, here's the thing. With your hair, how long does it take you to do it? Ten seconds? Oh, I see. Okay, so it looks like crap. No, 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 no. It's time I'm for just... terror in the skies. Flight 209, are you are clear? It looks like it didn't make any Roger, effort. Is get that what you're off saying? my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. Uh, Just listen, cross-country flights can be a gamble. I mean, if you're going to Dallas, it's what, two two and a half hours maybe, or Seattle is two hours. You're going to the Bay Area, it's what, 40 minutes if you're, you know, if you're pressed for time. I forget where I was flying to or from, but uh, I was on board a plane and made friends with my seatmates, two other ladies. We ended up sharing a box of Cheez-Its and some cocktails, and it was a nice experience. Um, This was not that. No, uh, this was a, a flight on Tuesday, as a matter of fact, from Atlanta here to Los Angeles. Um, three women started arguing on board because two of them were supposedly drinking and speaking loudly. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It's a Tuesday. Uh, the cabin crew on this flight from from I'm sorry. Yeah. From Atlanta to L.A. tried to calm the situation. One of the male flight attendants had to raise his voice to try to get through to these women. <laughs> 
a, a female member of the cabin crew also tried to get these women to sit back in their seats. One of the passengers at one point accused the other female of being a terrorist. <laughs> That's what she's been doing the whole time that y'all been defending her. No one's <laughs> I th- I'm assuming she thought that would be the key word to be like, oh, oh, right, right, I'll come right. the handcuffs. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think of that. It's uh, a nuclear option there. First of all, the flight attendant should be in trouble because he at one point said, that's enough, girls. Could you imagine someone saying that? He tried to calm the women that's behind like, him. T- that's like telling a woman uh, to calm down. Right. right? Just like, calm down. Oh he boy. tells them, that's enough, girls. Uh, passengers, um, one of them was wearing a red jacket, continuously calls the woman in front of her a bee, raises her voice at the flight attendant, tries to get out of her seat and says, I'm, I'm going to keep to go to sleep. And this B keeps trying to talk to me. <laughs> B, you better <laughs> shut the F up. I've been quiet this whole F and flight B. I've been quiet. Uh, woman in the red jacket then starts shouting again, saying, so good. I'm from Detroit. I know how to fight. Uh, at this point, that's when the female flight attendant comes over. The blonde woman claims that the woman in front of them starts the argument. Oh, the there was a arguing w- one over. of the women was wearing a green headdress, and that's what caused the blonde woman to call her a terrorist. Guys, guys, guys. Can't we all get along? I just, I would, we should do a, and I know that it would be few and far between, but instead of just terror in the skies, we should do Pleasure in the sky. I'll change a different word. We should do pleasure um, in the skies. No, I was going to change it. Uh, I never understand pleasure in the skies. It's a lie. It's a total like, fairy tale. Who, I can barely fit in that bathroom. Just me. Right. You're going to put a grown ass man in there too. How do people do that? Maybe you like small. And then and then men of a smaller and stature. then taking off any you know with the, the surfaces in there. Oh. Oh God. Who's doing that? Pleasure in the skies. Okay, again, I'll change the name. It's not what I meant. Well, you I just started meant, like, it. Happy time You're in the sky. Terrorist. Again, not that word. Something like something happened Me, to I've me been that was quiet. nice. Nice in the skies. I flew home from. Uh, that doesn't from, make the. That doesn't make the news. Uh, no, you that's know, what me I'm saying. a box of Cheez-Its with two other strangers. Vancouver. I was flying here home from Vancouver one time, and uh, uh, I met this nice couple that lived down in. South, and they lived in Inglewood, as a matter of fact, near where the new stadium was going in. And this is long before they had started building it, but they knew that it was proposed. And they were talking about the absolute killing they were going to make when they sold their home. I don't know if I don't know if they have or not, but that would be a, be a good topic. Something happened nice in the airplane the other day. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk trending and more of this. More of what? Well, since you asked for it. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. 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 I don't even know what day it is anymore. Why you always gotta rain on me and my vibe?
Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. You know, we trust so many strangers when we get into the back seats of their cars through Uber and Lyft. And you don't really know whose car you're getting into, do you? You don't know what these people are up to, what they've been doing. Have they been doing hot rails at a hotel in Pasadena with a stripper? You don't know. We've got an Uber nightmare story to tell you about coming up next. It's like a terror in the back seat. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of your high school days. Uh, you didn't have any girlfriends when you were in high school. Uh, you said that, Jim. I may not have had the <laughs> skills of a Lothario lover that I do now. <laughs> Why He's you? my hero. <laughs> you, you made that joke, though, this morning. That was not my joke. The whole uh, sounds like high school days. You said that about yourself. I and then you didn't also... have a car big enough for activities like activities. that. that was... <laughs> Pinch my nipples and look into my eyes. Yeah, that could not happen. There was no elbow room back there. It's not a... And it was not a car that was... Chris, on the other hand, Chris had a 1956 Chevy sedan. The back seat on a 56. I'm not quite that old. 56. I didn't say you were born. Or it wasn't your 16th birthday party. I thought you were. In- no, no. It was a classic car that you had. Right, the 56 Chevy sedan. That has a back seat that you can park a small school bus in. Volare, whoa, whoa. Bruno wasn't there. Well, and Chris would go to the drive-ins. Well, now that now you make it sound like that's old. I, I, I you had a drive-in were, where you grew up. No, I yes, did you not. Did. I never went to a drive-in. I didn't say you went, but there, there existed one. There yeah. are drive-ins everywhere. Yeah. No, it's right down on the freeway. I mean, it changed to actually by the time you would have been old enough to go. I think it was showing porn, but now it's probably a swap meet. Uh, I know Along they did swap meet. One hundred and one. There yeah. was a pornographic drive-in. Yeah, in in Nevada. Little kinky, Just but I like it. north of it. Yeah, really. I swear, yes. The huh. Sonoma Rin Drive-In. No, I see, s- this was a different time. Nope. I'm telling you. Whoa, how I just did, spilled again. Look how, at that. How did you know it was showing porn? Because my parents, whenever we would whoa, drive by whoa, there whoa, at whoa, night, whoa, would whoa. be like, don't look off to the right. Avert your eyes. It's big. <laughs> what else is going on? <laughs> time uh, for What's Happening. Well, coronavirus remains... In the news across the board, it looks like a North Korean official who returned from China has been executed because he went to a public bath. Kim Jong-un has vowed to rule by military law against anyone who leaves a quarantine without permission. That That's the sign for the Sonoma Inn Drive-In Theater, Outstanding Adult Films. Monday night is Ladies' Night, where they're admitted free. What a cesspool. It opened in 68 as a regular drive-in. Okay. They showed their first X-rated films on in 83. Oh, so it was demolished in 89. You wouldn't USA. have. USA. No. USA. You wouldn't have been aware of it. Probably. I wasn't around for the porn drive-in. Ask your brother. No. Uh, we've got the 15th patient diagnosed with coronavirus here in the United States. So that's exciting. That's good. This is a woman in her 80s. CDC suggests that we are probably just a matter of time before the coronavirus takes a foothold somewhere in the United States. And I'm not saying that California is the prime 
place for it to take place, but we do have the most, uh, the the highest number of confirmed cases here, and we have a lot of traffic back and forth between China. At least we did. Told you about students being evacuated from Los Alamitos High School this morning after a suspicious backpack was found on campus. Turns out to just be a misplaced backpack. All clear. All good. Muy bueno. Uh, Orange County Sheriff's Bomb Squad was the was the version of the bomb squad that showed up and cleared the whole scene. Not so good down in Orange County as investigators sift through that a fire that burned through an apartment complex in Tustin. They have arrested an arson suspect last night. This is a guy, 59-year-old Patrick Sinaceros. He went to a Tustin police station asking to speak with officials. About what? They interviewed him and he made some incriminating statements. That's weird, isn't it? Yes. Would he That he would go... It doesn't say he went to turn himself in. It just says he wanted to talk to them, and then he himself made some incriminating statements. Uh, Investigators said they're not quite sure exactly what or how the fire started. Most of the people, of course, were sleeping. They woke up disoriented to the uh, authorities knocking on their door because it was 3 in the morning. This could have been so much worse. Because firefighters said that they weren't even able to start a fire attack when that roof collapsed. It collapsed 24 minutes after... The flames broke out. They said they had to go into a defensive mode. We're not able to check the building's units for any occupants. Eventually, two patients were found, smoke inhalation. Uh, One was treated at the scene. The other was taken to a local hospital. Yeah, and yesterday at this time, we were telling you that there was likely one person who was missing. As of 1 o'clock yesterday, they said that everybody had been accounted for except for one person who was visiting the apartment complex that could still be missing it was later determined that that, in fact, was the suspect, the one that they were looking for. Unfortunately, the story of the missing six-year-old girl in South Carolina came to a tragic end. Her body was found today in her neighborhood. Homicide investigation has begun. There's also a man's body that was found in the area as well. They, they're saying they're not sure if they're connected. It's highly unlikely that they're not connected. It would just that some random dude's body just happens to be uh, happens to be sitting there. But and then the uh, Houston Astros came out and uh, ahead of spring training decided that they would hold a news conference to apologize for for what they've done in terms of cheating in baseball and winning World Series championship as a result of it. Um, the Astros owner. I have no idea what he was thinking when he completely backtracked on a statement that he made. He was asked about the series against uh, the Yankees. Our opinion is this didn't impact the game. We had a good team. We won the World Series. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. And then uh, the reporter asked him a second later, wait a minute, you said it didn't impact the game? Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Oh, yeah, 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 you did, because I have you saying it. This didn't impact the game. Oh, okay. So I kind of think Major League Baseball has to vacate the championship. Now, I'm not saying give it to the Dodgers. That's not the way it should work, but they the, have to vacate that championship. The whole nothing to see here, move along, folks, feeling of this press conference was not the way to handle it. Yeah. And whoever got the owner ready for this press conference or – went through the talking points, uh, should not have a job. The PR team yeah. should be fired. Hey, did you hear Snoop Dogg finally apologized? Yes, I did. So, he apologized to Gail King. Yeah, so he was upset with Gail King for her interview with Lisa Leslie about Kobe Bryant and asking Lisa Leslie 
does the allegation of sexual assault, the settlement, um, and the lack of a trial, does that impact Kobe's legacy? Is it even worth talking about? Snoop was pissed off, said, stop asking questions of a guy who's dead and can't defend himself. It's mean to him. It's rude to the family, although he used some more choice words, and called her a dog-haired something. Wasn't it dog-haired hair? Whatever it was. Snoop finally apologized, and he said in an Instagram video, two wrongs don't make a right. When you're wrong, you got to fix it. So with that being said, to Gail King, he completely apologized. He named what he did. He didn't say the whole, I'm sorry if I offended you thing. He actually apologized. So <laughs> I was just texting my brother. Yeah. Did you ever go to the porn drive-in in Novato slash Petaluma? But I forgot to put in another in there. So the text reads, did you ever go to the porn drive in Novato slash Petaluma? Uh, I'm trying to find the map so you could see a better version of it, but um, but yeah, it's uh, that was it. That was the thing. And I remember driving. This is Highway 101 right there that drives right past it, hmm. and the screen was was tilted at a way that if you knew what, like you're coming around a corner around a hill, if you knew to look, you might get a couple of flashes of something you weren't supposed yeah, to see. Yeah, what did you see? I don't know. It was all job. I was like. I, in 1983, I was 10 years old. You think I knew what I was looking at? I don't know I'd, how advanced of a child you were. I I would say that that the picture of Nick's bruise is probably more telling than uh, than whatever I saw on that drive-in theater screen. You know, we don't need to to have a second day of whoring out Nick's bruise. But if you want to go check him out on Instagram and Twitter at Gary and Shannon, you could see just how good a mountain biker Nick really is. And you should follow the show while you're there. And why not? Maybe we'll have more bruises to post next weekend. Is that a what does that mean? That was ominous. That was I don't ominous. Know. I know. Hey, listen. I know that you're going to be packing boxes and moving stuff. Yeah. Oh. Chances are one of those boxes is going to end up on your foot. I would put <laughs> every cent I have in my name to the fact that you're going to injure yourself during moving. Do you want to know what happened earlier today? Yeah. Clay please. walked okay. in here. Clay walks in here and goes, "I've never met somebody that's more injury prone than you." And Nick goes, "What? I'm not injury prone." What are you talking about? Wow. And we said, like, the definition of injury prone. He goes, no. It's opposite day in there with introverts <laughs> and people who are not injury prone. And then this little post here that holds the table up, I accidentally swung my foot into it and hurt my toe. Well, it's a new pole, isn't it? No, it's been here for years. Thousand bucks to give away. I'll tell you how you can it's win like it. It's like he has Munchausen's, but like. But not by proxy. But not by proxy and like on purpose. <laughs> And terror in the back seat when we come like back. The injuries are really happening. Okay, I found the guy who created pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. And he also was at one time the manager of the Sonoma Rin adult only drive in. Is that right? You did a deep dive during the break <laughs> into this drive-in, even going. I just want to make sure that my memory was right on that. Google Maps and I had to show you where it was, pinpointing exactly the road, the satellite images that yeah. you would take. No, no, I. It didn't. obviously left an impression in your young mind. I was ten. You when said, it showed "Here's first. the road, and this is the little house that was outside." Yeah, because you drive right by it the whole time. And then a single tear left your eye when you said, "I don't think the screen's there anymore." 
flaccid target. My brother says they have porn drive-ins. Who oh, does stop that? Stop it. He's pre- now he's pretending. And I said, Gary remembers one, and he wrote back, Jesus. Oh. So now we all think that you're a sexual deviant. Wait, he's my age. Right. So he would have been in high school the same time I was. Right. How did he not know that there was a drive? He was an upstanding citizen. He's lying. Is what he was. He's trying to keep preserve whatever sort of image you may have in your mind about him. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he's doing that. Listen, it can the porn drive-in in in Sonoma Marin can be your special thing. It's not my thing. I didn't. I've never. Never. Here's a thousand bucks. Here's For your it. chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword <laughs> coffee, C O F F E E, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's coffee to 200 200. <laughs> if you win, they'll contact you by phone, probably from a 513 area code. If you don't win this time, there's an opportunity an hour from now. In fact, every hour through 620 tonight, we're giving away 1000 bucks here on KFI. He's my, bro- my hero. My uh, brother said when we were in Mexico last weekend, he's like, uh, you know, I think Gary and I would be friends. And I was like, yeah, I think you would. I call him Andy about three times a week. <laughs> Not anymore. You never introduced me to members of your family. I think you've met everyone in my family. Well. I've met your husband. We could arrange some sort of meeting. They're just never here. Oh, okay. That sounded really like you were into it. We could probably... Well, listen, you're a lot. (laughs) So, (laughs) we've got an Uber story from Virginia. You know, I bring my parents in the room and suddenly you're like, hey, do you guys remember that porn drive-in? It was five miles north of Novato on Petaluma Road, right off Road Y. I mean, I can't take you anywhere. Okay. So in Virginia, there's an Uber driver, and he's got two passengers. His name is Olufemi Olumola. John and his wife, Tamika, are out for a date night, and it's rare that they get a date night because they've got four kids. And the driver picks them up outside their home, and then a few blocks later, they're rear-ended by another driver. Uh Uh-oh. And they think, just like normal people, you pull over and all that. Well, the guy that rear-ended them pulled around them and took off. So their Uber driver gives chase, and he's driving like a bat out of hell, and the two cars are running red lights, and this couple is like, we have four children. Sir, can you pull over? (laughs) And Um, they're screaming, and at one point, the driver calls 911 and hands the phone to the wife, and she's talking to the dispatcher. (laughs) You can let us out, bro. Hey, bro. Bro, I can't can't let this guy go. Oh, my God. Hey, yo. Oh, my God. Hey, your son. I know, I know. Like, just let me out. He can't hear you. He can't hear me. Oh, Oh, They they get in another accident. Oh, my God, Shorty. Somebody just hit us. He's trying to catch the man. Can you just let us out, sir? Get the f*** out of here, Shorty. Get the f*** man. It is kidnapping. He's been charged with kidnapping. I mean, that's insanity. <laughs> what a what a worse nightmare scenario. You get into an Uber and the guy just starts giving chase, chasing down somebody else and won't let you out. And you get hit again. Now, John, the reason we have that audio, John was, was uh, Facebook living the entire ride, or at least the part when they couldn't get out. I don't know if that's my first go to. I don't know if I start with, uh, 
I mean, but now, now I realize that when we were in Philadelphia and you started talking to the guy about football. Oh, yeah, that, that was not smart. That would have been an opportunity to Facebook Live that entire encounter. Yeah. That would, as opposed to me trying to record it so that I could play it back on the radio the next day. Well, I mean, it was July and uh, he was wearing a, was it Carson Wentz? No, it, wouldn't, it couldn't have been. because it, it was. Was, was it? Wearing an Eagles jersey, not even in football season. <laughs> and I have this really terrible really disorder judgy. where I have to give people my opinions about their teams when I when I see them. I have a recording. Oh, God. I'm going to have to. I'm going to check I need this. To, I, I need I know, to give my I approval. I, I'll because check this, but I do have a recording was... from July 26, 2016, <laughs> yeah. which would be yeah. Yeah, I, right in the wheelhouse for I need, that. I need to totally... Sign off on that before you put that anywhere. Okay. All right. Well, because I think there's some bad words. We can fix that, can't we, Blake? <laughs> All right. We have Swamp Watch coming up. We'll talk about what's going on with the latest on uh, these assistant U.S. attorneys who decided to get out of the Roger Stone case, but also Hope Hicks back in the White House and why it is that we may see, for the first time in a long time, a brokered convention for Democrats coming up. All right, Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. This is why we put up with the traffic, guys. Schools, several businesses closed in the upper Midwest as Arctic air pushes wind chill readings to more than 40 below zero in some areas. Wind chill warning in effect for northeastern North Dakota, northern Minnesota. They're warning people to bundle up because if you have skin exposed, frostbite in as little as 10 minutes. I'll take traffic. I'll take the traffic as well. I mean, I've got air conditioner. I need it, right? It gets exactly. too hot when the morning sun comes in and beats it through your windshield and you're wearing dark shirt. It's a better way to do it. I mean, when you leave work at 2 p.m. in February and it's 72 degrees, yeah, it's all right. It's okay. It doesn't suck. You'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, coronavirus coming up at the top of the hour. Alex Stone is going to join us. Uh, one of the two new cases in the United States is in San Diego. The other one is at Lackland Air Base in uh, Air Force Base in San Antonio. We'll talk about some of the precautions that American officials uh, are gearing up for in the event that it takes foothold here in the United States. 1230 is when we go to Washington. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Hey, did you know that the president is headed to Los Angeles next week? He is going to have a three-day, four-state swing to western states. White House says that he'll be briefed on preparations for the 2028 Olympics here in Los Angeles. And he'll be doing fundraisers, campaign rallies in Phoenix, Colorado Springs, fundraisers here in Los Angeles and in Palm Springs. That's unusual. When's the last time he came to California? I don't know. I mean, it's not a big fundraising place for a Republican. Yeah, not for him. You know? 
Obama was here all the time. Well, so was Hillary Clinton. So was, you know, Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden spent some time. I, I'm, it will be interesting once South Carolina is over at the end of this month. They've only got a few days to come to California before the primary here. Even though it's Super Tuesday, we're not the only primary on the 3rd of March. That's uh, They're going to have to shoehorn in. Uh, they're going to squeeze us in. You ever have a friend from New York? Yeah. They I, will no. verbally spar with you <laughs> till the death, and they're very good at it. And not even necessarily to be mean. No, it's just their way of communicating. It's just how they do it. Well, now we've got the president and Michael Bloomberg going all New York after each other on social media, and I'm here for it. Um, this morning, President Trump tweeted, Mini Mike Bloomberg is a loser who has money but can't debate and has zero presence. You will see. He reminds me of a tiny version of Jeb Low Energy Bush. But Jeb has more political skill and has treated the black community much better than Mini. How about the president bringing Jeb Bush back into the dirt slinging? Yeah. Like, hasn't Jeb Bush been through enough? suffered already? (laughs) He then went on to say, Mini Mike is a five-foot-four massive dead energy who does not want to be on the debate stage with these professional politicians. No boxes, please. Remember, there's maybe he wanted a box to stand on during the debate. He hates crazy Bernie and will, with enough money, possibly stop him. Bernie's people will go nuts. And Bloomberg claps back and says, we know many of the same people in New York. Behind your back, they laugh at you and call you a carnival barking clown. They know you inherited a fortune and squandered it with stupid deals and incompetence. I have the record and the resources to defeat you, and I will. This is good. I want now, it to continue. I could read this. I could waste a lot of minutes. This would be a good this is a good reason to get up in the morning is to check and see what the president said. Is, and that, how, is that sad? Does that say something about our lives? Probably. 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 Because it doesn't impact us. Like it, this, what they say to each other does not impact how we do our job. Well, I guess it kind of does impact how we do our job, doesn't it? Because we talk about it. Um, the, the Bloomberg thing is interesting. CNN was running with a story earlier today. Does the fact that the president is now tweeting about Mike Bloomberg mean that the president thinks Mike Bloomberg is a threat Absolutely. when it comes to the, the presidential race? I think so. I think so. And and Michael Bloomberg, by the way, is taking the brilliant tactic of going after Instagram influencers. And he's paying all these meme accounts that we all waste so much time looking through every day when we should be working. And uh, and they're and it's all going to be Michael Bloomberg content. I mean, he's paying off like the kale salads, uh, grape juice boys, all of those meme accounts to post stuff to make him look cool. Um, the the thing about Bloomberg, we all know that he got into the race very late. Uh, He got into it with the largest war chest because he, I mean, I guess in terms of a campaign, he's got basically unlimited money available to him. Uh, He skipped the Iowa caucuses. He skipped the New Hampshire primary. He will skip the Nevada caucuses in South Carolina and instead concentrate on March 3rd, which is Super Tuesday. That's when our primary will be and other states' primaries. And that's why he's spending so much money in places like California. Um, the, The big deal also is... That even if he's white hot right now in terms of bouncing up into the polls, now that the president's tweeted about him, he's bounced up in in notoriety. The Quinnipiac poll that was released this week gives him the second of four national polls needed to qualify for the Democratic debate coming up a week from yesterday. So next Wednesday night ahead of the Nevada caucuses, he needs two more national polls with a ranking above 10 percent. In order to qualify for the debate and they're leaving that window open until 
February 18th. So there's a chance that this guy not only with this notoriety that the president's going after him, with this unlimited war chest basically that he's got for the campaign, with the discussion around whether or not he can jump into the polls and take out people like Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, this guy has everything going for him right now. You know who the president hasn't gone after on social media, really, is Pete Buttigieg. He doesn't have a nickname for him yet. You know, you got Crazy Bernie, Sleepy Joe, Mini Mike, Pocahontas, and the whole bit that frequently pop up in his Twitter feed. But there's no nickname for Mayor Pete, you know, and you're just wondering if there's going to come a day when he does something stupid like call him Gay Pete or something like that. <laughs> you know, uh, because he does. he usually goes to just the bottom of the barrel with this stuff. And I'm just wondering, right now he just calls him Boot Edge Edge. He like boot edge at like spells, he spells it out right. in his tweets. Right. Which I think is pretty funny. Um I was trying to find the one uh, the soundbite where the president screams out his name. He got a choice between Slippy Joe and Crazy Bernie. Those are the good those are their nicknames. And, pretty solid. Uh, I'll take any of let's just pick somebody please and let's start this thing. Let's start it. Pick somebody we have a young man, Boot Edge Edge. There it is. <laughs> Boot Edge Edge. <laughs> well, there's that. Rush Limbaugh was um, uh, is getting making headlines again today, not for his um, Presidential Medal of Freedom and not for uh, his uh, illness that he's battling, but because he said middle America is not ready for a, a gay guy to be president. They're not ready for him to get up there uh, after inauguration and kiss his husband. And I said the same. Th- I've said the same thing. It's an unfortunate place that in 2020, that's the reality. But there are just certain places and many of these places are in these battleground states where people are just not ready to vote for a woman or an openly gay guy. It's just it's a fact of the matter. What would you if you were advise if you were advising the president, you're going through something today. I don't know what's happening. Is it because uh, we we're talking about your puberty times? Possibly. Yeah. When was that? When we were talking about the drive in porn theater. Oh, got it. I don't. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> if the president came to you yes. and said, I need a nickname for that guy, what would you say? Uh, well, it's like you can't go after his appearance or his energy. Uh, maybe you could go after his youth. Well, he did ba- try like baby he, Pete or something. He, baby Pete's a good one. He did try the appearance thing and said he looked like Alfred E. Newman. Remember we said yeah. Mad Magazine? Yeah. But the problem is nobody, nobody knows who that is anymore. Yeah. Nobody knows what Mad Magazine is was. I mean, that's something that you brought along with you to the, uh, to the drive-in. Right. right. Well, at least it was a Mad Magazine cover. Right. Around... Some other type of periodical. Like Playboy. Thank you for like if expressing the, that. If the screen so action wasn't enough. Right. You know. And what? I just stopped myself from saying something that would have gotten me in trouble. And I would like a pat on the back. Nick. Good job. Thanks. Hope Hicks and John Kelly. When we come back to Swamp Watch on <laughs> Gary and Shannon. I just feel like it's a struggle that plays out very publicly. What to do, how to handle it. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Which direction to brush? Over, back, side. Just try one. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. That's all. You have nice hair. Thank you. 
You're welcome. You don't have to push back. You don't have to say it like that after the whole dry shampoo thing. You could use the dry shampoo. Got it. You don't have to. Listen. Excuse me. Probably hard to sit across from this. Did you catch whatever Justin has? <laughs> uh, well, somebody did say uh, crack a lacking or whatever they said about me. Somebody on the said that you were so hot you oh, could melt rock. I could melt igneous rock specifically. Yeah. Which I think is a rock that's hard to melt. I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, coronavirus at the top of the hour. Alex Stone is going to join us for an update on how things are going here. Even as in China, the numbers continue to jump uh, precipitously, or I guess jump victoriously. What's the other direction? They jump high. You know what? When you're that good looking, you don't have to be smart. Right. Everybody knows. You that. Know? Hope Hicks is back in the White House. Hope Hicks, of course, uh, resigned a couple of years ago. She was working in the communications office. And uh, was, I guess, getting it on with one of the people that was also there. Yes, she was. She's going to return to the White House in a new role. She's 31 now. And boy. Does she have nice She's smart. She'll return. I don't know that. Do we know that? Yeah. I mean, she's a leg forward person. Uh, Her return is going to come as this reelection campaign intensifies now there was some suggestion that the president may have asked her back specifically because he's trying to recreate some of what the the magic was i guess you could say in the 2016 election and she will be working on projects that jared kushner oversees including the re-election campaign, but that she will not be rejoining the communications office. Uh, Dimples said there is no one more devoted to implementing President Trump's agenda than Hope Hicks. We are excited to have her back on the team. Uh, Stephanie Grisham, the White House press secretary, described Hope as one of the most talented and savvy individuals I've come across. But they're saying that clearly she goes back to a White House that has changed significantly since she left. Former White House Chief of Staff John Kelly. That's one of the guys that was there when she left, and he's now gone, too. Went nuts last night. Yeah. Went um, after the president for various things, his handling of North Korea. Um, He criticized the president for intervening in a military justice case. He took issue with the president's descriptions of immigrants. And he went after the fact that the president got rid of Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, the uh, former National Security Council aide and impeachment witness who said that he did have questions about that July phone call with the president of Ukraine. Now, he put it interestingly, uh, John Kelly did, because he said, we teach our guys in the military from the moment they set foot in and from the moment they set uh, foot in boot camp. If you receive an illegal order, your response is that's an illegal order and you go tell your boss. That's basically what he says Vindman did with the July 25th phone call. He did exactly what we teach them to do from the day from cradle to grave. He went and told his boss of what he just heard. Two issues. We, we I think, just changed U.S. policy towards Ukraine. And so people need to know that at the Department of Defense. Uh, he also talked about immigration, separation of families. There were people at the White House again, that wanted to implement a family separation policy, and I would not do it. Uh, and the person that took over from me, uh, Secretary Nielsen, one of the reasons she left the administration was because of the pressure. 
Uh, it's interesting. He says he knew nothing about Donald Trump when he was asked to head up the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, he was offered the job, of course. And he said he was watching this contest, the 2016 election, and he said he had been fascinated, not necessarily in a good way, but fascinated as to what that election meant to our country. And that John Kelly says that his wife was the one who urged him to accept the job as Secretary of uh, Homeland Security because, her quote, I frankly think he needs you and people like you. Here's an interesting thing. The president clapped back today. When I terminated John Kelly, which I couldn't do fast enough, he knew full well that he was way over his head. Being chief of staff just wasn't for him. He came in with a bang, went out with a whimper, but like so many exes, he misses the action and just can't keep his mouth shut, which he actually has a military and legal obligation to do. Here's the here's the key part. His incredible wife, Karen, who I have a lot of respect for, once pulled me aside and said strongly that John respects you greatly. When we are no longer here, he will only speak well of you. And the president wrote, wrong, with an exclamation point. I love Twitter. It's such a special place. Again, Twitter is the encapsulation of everything that is wonderful and everything that is horrible about the Internet. All right, coming up next, we get an update on the coronavirus. Yesterday, the news was, well, looks like the number of cases has leveled off in China. Uh, Wrong. As the president would say, wrong. Wrong. It looks like it's just getting worse in China. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. A little uh, scare at Los Alamitos High School this morning. Police department had to be called. There was an unclaimed backpack they found in an office there. Orange County Sheriff's Department uh, bomb squad showed up and said it was exactly that, an unclaimed backpack, and there was nothing wrong with it. But still, uh, school was evacuated for a short time this morning. Got a report yesterday. Also, the uh, high-speed rail line in California that will never be built is going to cost more money, even though it's never going to exist. They said construction is on schedule to meet a 2022 deadline to have about 20% of the track laid. And then that all-important and very popular and highly anticipated segment from the Central Valley to Silicon Valley is slated to open in 2031. Oh, yeah. We're just making things up. We're just throwing numbers out there and, and making making things up at this point. You could also say something like, uh, it's going to be fun when we can when we can ride our pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows trains. That's the... Do you want me to play a little no, bit No, I don't that? want you to play any of that. Are please. you sure? I'm positive. I'm declaring a public health emergency of international concern. This is a fluid situation. <laughs> You get a cough, please leave the room. 
This is a class one emergency. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> virus detected. This potentially deadly virus was now on the loose. All right. Call it what you will. Pangolin flu, coronavirus, COVID-19. We now have a 15th confirmed case here in the United States. Alex Stone now has the coronavirus and joins us. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I mean, I mean, no, he's got no. the story. He's got the story. There we go. <laughs> Hey, guys. Yes, up to number 15 now, and it grew by two yesterday. Both people were in Wuhan. They flew in. They were on the evacuation flights. Both went to military bases uh, to Miramar here in California, uh, to Texas as well. And now they are 14 and 15. The the CDC saying they're both doing very well. They're in isolation now at hospitals uh, in the San Diego area and in Texas. But the numbers do go up, and the CDC says they probably will continue to do that. They think that there will be more in these evacuation groups. There will be more probably outside of them as well. But they say that uh, they think the numbers will keep going up. Uh, speaking of the numbers going up, can you get into the, the, the reasons why the numbers from the Chinese went up so significantly yesterday? Yeah, so essentially what China is doing now is they are re- classifying how they're going to to look at these cases that they've got so many of them that they have been up until now only been counting those that the lab tests have come back on kind of like what we've been doing in the u.s where they take the swab they do the the actual lab test and then they say yay or nay that, that that person has it or doesn't have it but they've had so many cases in china that now they're saying you know what we're just gonna have to go on when doctors say that They've done imagery of the lungs, and they've diagnosed them without that lab test. And even though they don't have the lab test to go on, the doctors have said, yeah, that person likely had coronavirus, and now they're going to add them to that bunch. So the numbers have gone way up. The new count, uh, over 1,300 people dead. That's up over 250 in a day because they've added all of these people in. The the numbers with it has has gone uh, way up as well that because they are now allowing those numbers to come in, that we have seen a a pretty drastic increase. And the public health officials, they say this is what happens when you get an outbreak like this where they just can't keep up, that eventually you can't deal with lab tests because the backlog is too much, and you have to say, you know what, we're just going to add everybody into it. When doctors say that's what this person had, we're going to say, okay, we trust you, you're a doctor, you did the, the lung imaging, and then the numbers go up. And then so that's what they're doing now. Now, the WHO, the World Health Organization, and the CDC, they're not including those that, that haven't had the lab test done. So there's really two different numbers out there now, the one China's putting out and the one that the WHO and the CDC is using, that number's lower. But, I mean, in both cases, they're pretty high. There are a lot of people who have it. And now it looks like the military is being told to uh, create some plans, pandemic plans, if you will. Yeah, but what that next step is going to be uh, of what they would do if if they had to, to react. At this point, the CDC and the WHO, they say that they still feel like that this is manageable, especially in the U.S. You've got 15 cases. Nobody in the U.S. has died that we know of. There is one case in Idaho that's being investigated, a, a guy in his 60s, who went to China, came back and died. And they did tests on him, came back negative for coronavirus. But now the CDC is doing follow-up tests, trying to figure out 
was it really coronavirus in the Boise area? So that is one that's kind of unknown at this point, but confirmed nobody in the U.S. has died. And the CDC says, yeah, the numbers are going to go up. There are going to be more, especially in these evacuation groups who flew in. But they don't see this because of the, the way it's handled in the U.S. with quarantine and then isolation in hospitals with those who have it, that they don't see it taking off. But they do think that there are going to be more and that the numbers will likely continue to rise for a while. For how long? Nobody knows. Uh, and at this point, in terms of the the people who are still quarantined, we've got them on different military um, installations, I guess, around the country at this point. But for the most part, that's where they are. I mean, if they're sick enough, they're taken to hospitals, but we don't have anybody just wandering around, do we? And no, nobody that we know of, unless it's somebody that's who that, somehow got point. it here in the U.S. or somebody who flew back who had been in China and they aren't quarantined and then they could potentially spread it, but nobody that we know of. So all of these evacuation flights, they've gone to Travis Air Force Base, to Miramar, to Texas, and to Nebraska. And these quarantine centers are set up. They've, they're there for 14 days, like what we saw at March Air Reserve Base. Once they get the all clear, then they can go wherever they want to. That's the, the longest known incubation, and it's believed that, that then they're good to go. Uh, but if there's somebody out there in society who maybe they were in China and we didn't know they were in China because they came through South America or through Europe or they somehow got it from somebody who had been in China or the incubation period is longer than what we know, well, then, yeah, there could be somebody out there. But nobody at this point that the CDC knows about. Have you uh, have you prepared? Have you stocked the house with uh, everything <laughs> that you're going to need once we do voluntary quarantine? You know what to me? Well, you know we have the to cover wildfires, the N95 masks, but it, it, that not for this, but for that. But if you needed to buy those right now, they're impossible to find. You go on Amazon; people are selling them for crazy amounts of money. You can't find them at at least as of about a week ago at Home Depot or Lowe's, and they're made in China, so they're not going to be coming in any longer that uh, more than just for those who are worried about coronavirus, and there are those who want to wear them for that, but whether it be wildfires or working outside, you know, for landscapers doing their work, that's the hardest part is to find those masks right now. They're, they're almost impossible to find. Mm. Alex, thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome to come over, though, if you need to. You got it. I'll come hunker down there. Thanks. Alex Stone, the latest on uh, coronavirus. Uh, speaking of Alex and ABC News, they just did a sit-down interview with William Barr. There was some criticism that after the president went to Twitter to criticize the sentencing suggestion for Roger Stone recently, mm-hmm. and then the De- Department of Justice came back and said, we're going to reduce our recommendation, that the attorney general was acting at the behest of the president, whether a direct conversation or in response to the tweet. William Barr just told ABC News The president has never asked me to do anything in a criminal case, but that he, the president, should stop tweeting about the Justice Department because those tweets make it impossible for me to do my job. He goes on to say, um, I think it was Pierre Thomas that was interviewing him. um, If the president were to say, this is uh, William Barr again, if, if the president were to say, go investigate somebody because... And you get the sense it's because they're a political opponent, then the attorney general should not carry that out, would not carry that out. And when asked if he expects the president to react to the criticism of the tweets, 
The attorney general says, I hope he will react. And Pierre Thomas says, and respect it. And William Barr said, yes. So we shall see. Well, coronavirus has creeped into the tech world. Massive trade show canceled in Barcelona. We will talk tech when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Thousand bucks we can give away. We'll tell you how you can win it. Apologized. I've just explained to you. I apologize for that. I mean, why wouldn't you just say something? I don't something? know. I don't know. I was busy. I was okay. not thinking about interaction. Okay. Thinking about getting there. Get to my appointment. Gotta go. I got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword TAB. T-A-B to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's TAB to 200-200. And remember, you got to answer the phone. If you don't, that money moves on. Looks like it's going to be coming from a 513 area code. Your next chance to win $1,000 next hour. Every hour, Monday through Friday here on KFI, 5 a.m. to 620. It's time for Tech Talk. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Brought to you by Skynet. Well, it looks like coronavirus has canceled the party in Barcelona. (laughs) Uh, Mark Saltzman, writer for many things, a host of the Tech It Out podcast, writer for Costco Connection and USA Today and all kinds of stuff. Uh, Mark, this coronavirus thing is getting serious in terms of the dent that it's making in the tech world. Yeah. So on Tuesday, many of us in the in the tech space, uh oh, Mobile World Congress was canceled. MWC. This is the big event in Barcelona. It takes place every February uh, that looks at the mobile uh, space. So mostly smartphones and accessories, some tablets and things like that. It's not quite as big as the Consumer Electronics Show, which takes place in Vegas in January, but it's pretty darn big. And one by one, we started to see beginning last week, some companies announced that they're going to pull out. So Amazon, then LG, and then ZTE, which is a uh, Chinese phone brand, then Sony. And it was like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Tuesday, they canceled the whole thing. And uh, some journalists are upset because hotels aren't giving them back their, they've already prepaid their room. They're not refunding the money. So it's like, a, a, a whole blank show, if you know what I'm saying, going on. But uh, and it sounds like I've got the coronavirus. It's just a cold, okay, folks? Common cold. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, heaven forbid. But yeah, no, it's 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 that big of a deal that they uh, canceled it because of um, uh, you know so many of the exhibitors pulling out. But then many of the attendees are worried that they're going to catch something because there's a you know it's not just the Asian community that goes to this. It's it's a worldwide event, but uh, people are concerned and they pulled the plug. Now, how long do you think it takes before we get a good sense about how this will impact manufacturing, Mm -hmm. deliveries of products that are already built, that sort of thing? 
Yeah, it's a great question, uh, Gary, because a lot of, as your listeners know, a lot of these devices are manufactured in China. Uh, in fact, in uh, Wuhan, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, the city that's at the center of this, uh, that this deadly virus, there's no less than five TV makers or LCD panel makers that make these screens for televisions. So naturally, when people are quarantined and they're not allowed to go out of their house, I mean, this is going to have uh, a domino effect. Over the last couple of years, there have been a few companies that have taken their uh, or at least reduced the the uh, reliance on Chinese factories in uh, in Shenzhen and some other places. So they've been moving them to other Asian countries or uh, in some cases back on American soil. So it we don't know yet how big of an impact this will be when it comes to buying a phone, if prices are going to go up, if the, if they can't create as many devices as demand will dictate. We'll know soon, I think. Um, also because Samsung, which is a, of course, South Korean uh, tech giant, they just unveiled on Tuesday, um, the same day that Mobile World Congress was canceled, you know, a, a, a suite of new devices, uh, four if I'm, if, if I'm counting correctly. So we'll see if that's going to impact anything, but I don't think so. Samsung hoping that we are ready to embrace 5G with this new slew of phones. Yeah. So 5G and cameras are the two big sort of uh, selling points with these new phones. So people were expecting these new flagship devices to be called the Galaxy S11 to go along with, you know, last year's S10 and all that. But they're calling them the S20. So they feel that this is a big enough leap that uh, they want to just align it to the year 2020 and just skip 11 through 19. Uh, so it, it is going to be called the Galaxy S20. Its uh, pre-orders are available uh, now with uh, you know being able to buy it, I think, March 6th. There's three devices here. So there's the regular S20. There's the S20 Plus, which has a few extra bells and whistles and a larger screen. And then the S20 Ultra, which is a crazy larger, almost 7-inch phone that has some ridiculous camera specs. So get this. For the first time in a smartphone, you're going to have a camera that can capture up to 180 eight megapixel images, which is ridiculously a lot of detail there, Uh, 8K video, and Samsung also makes TVs that are 8K, so that's four times the resolution of a 4K television, and up to 100 times zoom with the Ultra phone. So uh, getting closer to the subject a hundred times that you would if you physically went up to it. It's a combination of both like fancy software and artificial intelligence, as well as an optical zoom lens, like a traditional zoom lens. So uh, they call it space zoom. uh, So you can really zoom in far. So you have a kid who plays soccer, you can be in the bleachers and you're going to get like, you know, shots of uh, his or her face up close, even though you're nowhere near the uh, pitch. So that's kind of neat, but you're going to pay through the nose for them. The highest end phone is $1,400 to start. And if you want more memory and storage and, and extra things like that, it'll cost you even more. So not cheap. The cheapest phone out of the S20 family is 1000 bucks. So, you know, bring your wallet. Uh, for, for, and for $1,300, uh, Samsung also unveiled their Z Flip phone. So uh, much like the Motorola Razr, which uh, has just been remixed uh, with a foldable screen, Samsung has joined the party with their second foldable phone. And it is reminiscent of the, what was it, 2004, when many of us had the, uh, the Motorola Flip. So this, sorry, the Motorola Razr. So this Samsung Z Flip is a glass screen that does fold in half. And uh, it's, it's got that clamshell form factor that we, we used to know and love. Uh, but uh, with that modern twist that it's all one screen. That just happens to fold. So pretty cool. But it will cost you 1300 bucks. Now, let's go back for a second to this 108 megapixel camera. 
If I take a yeah. picture with this thing, does that mean I could just make the most detailed, like I can get it blown up somewhere and make a right. huge wall-sized poster out of it? Yeah, great, great question. So having more megapixels or uh, 8K video instead of 4K video gives you two advantages. One is, yes, a ridiculous amount of detail in that one shot. Or the second advantage is that you can crop a photo or a video without losing any sort of, uh, you know, any imperfections there. It's going to retain much of the quality as the original photo, even though you're zooming in and cropping like crazy. So, yeah, and, and another way to do that is by bl- blowing up a photo that you took, you know, of Shannon doing, uh, I don't know, some exercises in the KFI studio or something, uh, which I've seen her do when I was there. Uh, and you right. can take a fo- photo of that and, yeah, you can blow it into a poster size print without losing any uh, quality so those are the advantages of more megapixel there's a lot more to the story when you buy a camera even a traditional camera the megapixel is only one part of the equation the the size of the sensor matters and the processor and all that as well awesome yeah all right well i hope you feel better i hope this coronavirus doesn't take its toll on you (laughs) yeah thank you very much you bet if i'm not here next week you know that uh, that's what happens (laughs) thanks mark (laughs) then my joke goes flat that sucks (laughs) yeah right all right jokes on you mark you can follow mark on uh, twitter mark with a c underscore saltzman some fun tech tips and things like that and post links to his article that we'll have as well on our website at kfiam640.com use the keyword Gary and Shannon. We've got stories about ghost DNA, about jellyfish and their venom-filled snot bombs. Ooh. Also, we've got a gas job alert in Strange Science. Okay, that's an odd twist. I'm ready. Get a job. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I mentioned this uh, a couple of moments ago. ABC News had an exclusive interview with uh, William Barr, and uh, he pushed back on the president tweeting anything. Uh, at him about Roger Stone or anything about the Justice Department. In fact, Attorney General William Barr said the president has never asked him to do anything in a criminal case, but that the president should stop tweeting about the Justice Department because it makes it impossible for him to do his job. I keep refreshing the president's Twitter feed to see if he tweets. Yeah. Yeah. As a response to that, I'll play this audio for you as well. This is, again, from ABC News, uh, the interview that Pierre Thomas did with William Barr. To have public statements and tweets made about the department, uh, about uh, our people in the department, our, our men and women here, about cases pending in the department, and about judges before whom we have cases, uh, make it impossible uh, for me to do my job. He goes on to say... And I will make those decisions based on what I think is the right thing to do, and I'm not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody. And I said at the time, whether it's Congress, newspaper, editorial boards, or the president. There you go. That's what you want him to say, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I think we would want our Justice Department head to say. Oh, let's not they're political. odd. They're kind of different. Thank God they're not politics. <sighs> Sciencey, actually. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is weird. Strange, like strange, strange science. science. Yeah. Strange ah. science. It's like weird science.
but strange. Shall we start in space? Yeah! Space science. Researchers say that there's a mysterious radio signal from space that's repeating every 16 days. Researchers have noticed a pattern in a series of bursts coming from a single source half a billion light years from Earth. Fast radio bursts. Oh, those are called FRBs for people in the know. They are millisecond long bursts of radio waves in space. Now, individual radio bursts emit once and don't repeat. But repeating fast radio bursts are known to send out short energetic radio waves multiple times. And usually when they repeat, it's sporadic or in a cluster. However, between September of 2018 and October of 2019... Researchers detected a pattern in bursts occurring every 16.35 days. What? Over the course of four days, the signal would release a burst or two each hour, then go silent for another 12 days. We don't know what caused them. is Is this Tony Stark and Nebula sending the signal... Back to Earth that Carol Danvers then sees or hears mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and takes them back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, not to ruin spoiler alert, they kill Thanos. Yes. That is exactly what that is. Well, for Disney and Marvel Studios to get the Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment Fast Radio Burst Project in on this. Wait a minute. These are Canadian researchers? Yes. Hmm. I don't know. USA. USA. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought that stuff like this was a radio burst like this was from a star that was rotating. Are you a doctor now? Well, is that what I'm hearing? No, no, no. I'm just saying, for example, if there was a sprinkler in the middle of the room Mm -hmm. and it had uh, radio bursts coming out of it in the form of water, every 10 seconds or whatever, you'd get sprayed with water as that star sprinkler was spinning around. Sure. So that every 16.35 days like this, we get sprinkled with cosmic radio waves. Yeah, but that's just really rare that that would that that would happen, which is why this is newsworthy. It just doesn't happen like that. If you say so. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Clearly. NASA is looking for new astronauts to go to the moon. They want to land the first woman and the next man on the moon by 2024. Applications opening from March 2nd to the 31st. Here we go. What do you need to get this job? Well, a science background is a key requirement. So I've got that. Um, Wait a minute. How would you I just explained to you. You're right. I shouldn't have about the FBRs. FRBs. Um, new (laughs) you have to have new recruits yes are expected to hold a master's degree in science or math including engineering biological science physical science computer science uh, computer science or mathematics qualified medical doctors are people who have completed a test pilot program may also apply hey right here hello you also need two years of related professional experience. Okay. Well, we've been nice doing job, this, we've been yeah. doing strange science for four. Right. That's a professional experience right there. Oh, wait a minute. There, this may be a problem. A minimum of one thousand hours of I've flying spent time. A, probably a thousand hours in a plane. As as a lead pilot, though. 
as a lead pilot. I feel like you could fudge that part of the resume. You could just cross that line out where you it know, says lead pilot. Southwest A-list. You know, you're in the first 10, 15 rows of that bad boy. <laughs> I can see the cockpit from where I'm yeah, sitting. Does exactly. that count? Hmm. What are they going to do? Try and prove it? Um, we will we will discuss when we come back to Strange Science the uh, upside-down jellyfish and what I think I'm going to try to do uh, for my kids. I'm going to let you navigate that story. The venom-filled snot bombs. Gary and Shannon will continue with just uh, more swamp, more swamp watch, more no. strange well, science when we come back. They're very similar. They're swampy. Yeah. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Attorney General William Barr taking a very public swipe at the president saying that his tweets about the Justice Department prosecutors and cases make it impossible for me to do my job. It was an interview with ABC News just days after his Justice Department overruled its own prosecutors who had recommended uh, filing in a sentence for Trump's longtime friend, Roger Stone. Remember John Delaney ran for president? Vaguely. Okay, John Delaney is now out with the rest of the Democratic establishment, it looks like, suggesting that Bernie Sanders does not have a message that will resonate with the majority of Democratic voters. I think that that's accurate when you look at the states that matter. You know, we're not talking about New York and California socialist-loving millennials. We're talking about the states that are important with the electoral vote. Yep. Uh, we do have uh, your next vacation right on tap at the L.A. Travel and Adventure Show coming up this weekend, the 15th and 16th, Saturday and Sunday at the L.A. Convention Center. You can also go to KFIAM640.com for your chance to win a trip to Switzerland, courtesy of Switzerland Tourism, Swiss International Airlines, and Alpenfeld. You buy discounted tickets now as well at LATravelShow.com. But we have a four-pack of tickets we're giving away right now. Caller number 6, 800-520-1534. 800-520-1KFI. For more tickets uh, and information, discounts to the event as well, go to KFIAM640.com for the L.A. Travel and Adventure Show this weekend. We are in the middle of strange science, and we've got an asteroid that's larger than the tallest structure on Earth and powerful enough to cause mass extinction Uh speeding toward Earth at 34,000 miles per hour. How close is it going to come? Uh, about 3.6 million miles from Earth. But if it changes course, right, it could trigger a nuclear winter. So what's going to kill us first? Probably this, because it's going to hit uh, February 15th around 6 a.m. So Sunday. Yeah. Oh, okay. So coronavirus has got a lot of, it's got a lot of time. It's still got some energy it needs to build up. Yeah, we'll be extinct the by the time coronavirus makes it into the studio. Ooh, side note about coronavirus, by the way. Remember that when this first started, in the United States at least, when we first had our first couple of cases, they had to be, uh, uh, they had to be officially tested at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta. And then what they did was the CDC sent samples out, testing, et cetera, testing kits to laboratories in each state. Now they're saying some of those testing kits that they sent to state laboratories do not work properly. Oh, that's great. 
I'm so glad we're managing this in a I have a question. This is one way. example. I'm going to give you another one. Got license plates for a car back in October, right? Okay. And the license plates come in an envelope now that, you know, this, it's the shape, like the specific size of those license plates. Mm-hmm. On the outside is the address label. You have to peel back the address label to actually get to the stickers, the month and the year sticker for registration to prove that you're up to date. So when I found out and realized I didn't have any stickers and I call a DMV, they say, oh, it's on the outside. You're supposed to. I threw the envelope away, dumbasses. Why would anybody do that? Why would you put it on the outside of the envelope? That's stupid. And this, along with the CDC sending out bad coronavirus test kits, oh, yeah, I want you in charge of my health care. See, and that's why we're all going to die from coronavirus. Let, let, the, let the asteroid do it. I say let the asteroid do it. Let it in. Bring it on, asteroid. Come on, asteroid. Let's have mass extinction now. God, the sweet relief. Uh, did you hear about the giant turtles in South America? No. Apparently about five to ten million years ago, there were these giant turtles that dwarfed humans, and they were roaming the freshwater swamps in South America. The shell was 10 feet in length. Oh, my gosh. These things weighed 2,500 pounds. I mean, think about that. 10 feet in length. That's bigger than you by a lot. Well, it is. And I don't like... I like turtles. But not... Freaking ten feet long turtles. Well, imagine you're uh, you're paddle boarding through this nice, genteel little calm cove somewhere in Kauai, and a turtle with a ten foot shell comes floating underneath you. Wouldn't you poo poo a little bit? And they had horns. Us? Uh, no, 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 no. Now you're yes. making it up. No, I'm serious. They were horned turtles. Yes. Did you hear about the upside down jellyfish? Tell me more. Okay. New research shows that the upside-down jellyfish, known as Cassiopeia shamanchana, have a plant-like appearance. Mm. Uh, and they typically are stuck to the bottom of the ocean floor. And according to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, these jellyfish live in the mangrove forests and lagoons of southern Florida, Hawaii, the Indo-Pacific Ocean, and the Caribbean. However, however... Snorkelers in those areas say they tend to develop a strange itching sensation mm-hmm. because the jellyfish deploy cellular bombs armed with stinging cells called nematocytes. I think I read about this in Communications Biology. Wasn't this a study just published today in that journal? Yeah. How did you know that? Well, I just remembered the skin-irritating venom Yes, that these things have. These snot bombs release the skin-irritating venom when they make contact with a passing swimmer. As for how to avoid being stung, researchers are still investigating whether the jellies release the venom more at certain times of the day or if it's, in fact, some response to these different types of disturbances. So upside-down jellyfish release venom-filled blobs of snot that can cause stinging on your skin. And I bet you when the asteroid comes, those venom-filled snot-bomb jellyfish survive. 
I was just reading more about the asteroid that's headed here. Is it still on for Saturday? Yeah, Saturday, 6.05 a.m., but that's Eastern time. Oh, so you'll be asleep. So Assuming. I don't know what you got planned. 3 a.m. on Saturday. Yeah. Think of all the people on the West Coast that may be having some Valentine's Day time. Then it'll be already the 15th, though. Well, if they stayed up late, they had some some love to make, and then all of a sudden the asteroid hits. Love to make. Well, I'm trying to I mean, it'd be, be a, gentle. Be a fine last event, right? Right. Last that's, activity. What that's what I'm thinking. I see. I see. And like some, never mind. I'm not going to go down that road. Somewhat. Was this going to be a? Um, I I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm I'm showing real maturity today. I I've don't held know. back three times. Yeah, I feel like you're getting sick. Like you have yeah, a temperature or something. It might be coronavirus. What it does is its first evil thing is it takes all the fun and inappropriateness out of you. It takes all the venom-filled snot bombs out of you. You don't know how to react to it. Um, all right. Well, listen. Tell your brother uh, if he needs to. I can send him a couple of links to the old adult-only drive-in theater that's right there on the Sonoma-Marin County line. You you and, don't and seem to be letting this sweet memory go. I mean, it, we talked about it like a couple hours ago. I know, but I just feel like your brother is lying to you to try to save face. And he doesn't have to. I, I mean, he's a grown-ass man. I don't think he that that he would do that. Hey, well. Um, I think that you're just disgusting. <laughs> And you were into drive-in porn circa 1983. Okay. First of all, I was 10. Okay. Uh, second of all, I You were 13 I by the time drive. it closed. Well, I was 16 by the time it closed. Oh, we're getting somewhere now, okay. aren't we? But again, I was 16. If you think my parents were going to let me drive anywhere outside of the city limits. No, but every time 16. you drove by there in the family station wagon. Yeah, with my... Parents and my sisters in the car? That's you gross. Snuck a peek. Ugh. Again, I don't know what it's I was not looking your at. Fault. I don't it's not your fault. John and Ken up next. It's not your fault. See you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. It's not your fault. Blessings. Look, this is terrible. Gary and Shannon. It makes me mildly nauseous.